Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Uh, we're in a series right now looking through to Timothy. We've been going through the last few uh, weeks this wonderful letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, his spiritual son, and really a, a sense of him giving his heart of, this is the things, Timothy, I, I want you to run with, the things I want you to really go after, the things that are really important, as we understand from this letter, is near the end of Paul's life, and uh, he's really writing this letter to entrust something to him. And so we've titled this series, Entrusted, because I believe 2,000 years later from that moment, we are still being entrusted with the same thoughts, the same principles, the same understanding that was there is still applicable for us today. And so this Sunday, we are in our sixth week as we're looking through this amazing letter. And uh, last week, we looked at uh, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 15. It was a long passage of scripture we read through. And uh, it was really this passage for last day believers and uh, this understanding that we need to understand the con context that we're living within, that there, these days are evil, there's all sorts of things going on around us, and we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware that although it may be normal, in so much as we've grown up or we've, we live in this context, doesn't mean that's God's way, His plan, His purpose. Uh, we need to be awakened to that reality. And uh, Paul says, look, uh, you need to understand the cost, because to stand for Jesus doesn't mean you go with the flow. There's moments when you will be persecuted. If they oppose Christ, they will oppose you. And Paul said, look, this is my life. You know the way I've lived. You know the way I've, uh, how I've conducted myself and the persecution I had because of it. In fact, anyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted, right? And I, I said last week, we, we live in a context where maybe persecution isn't being thrown into jail. As far as uh, in England, we, we might not face that type of persecution, but we will face pushback. There will be people around us that don't understand the decisions we're making, don't understand the morality, don't, don't understand uh, why you want to remain pure until marriage, why, may not understand why church is important, why faith is important, why God is important, may not understand and may give pushback when you start to share your faith or your belief with them. Uh, people may reject you, may not uh, come alongside you, may not support you in your decisions. There is still a, an opposition we face when we want to follow Jesus. And then in the last bit of that passage, we, we see that um, Paul says to Timothy, as for you, as for you, look, you understand where you, you've come from, you understand the faith that, uh, that has been in, de deposited into your life, but you need to take a stand it's your, the baton is in your hand. And that was really the encouragement last week for us. It's, it's our turn. Uh, we've just remembered those who've fallen in war and have given their lives. But you know, we live in a time right now where we need to take our stand, right? Not just accept the status quo. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. You know, God's called us to live for him. And so just before we read the passage of scripture we're going to look at today, because it's all written within the same paragraph, it's important to read just a couple of verses that we read last week to lead into what we're looking at today. Uh, and so I'm going to read it. Well, unfortunately, this, these two verses won't be on the screen, but then the following ones will be. So we're, I'm reading 2, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 15 to start with. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then this is the passage we're looking at today. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, 
and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This passage that we're looking at this morning uh, speaks to us about the value that the scriptures have for us. Uh, it speaks about actually that what we have, many of you came to church with a Bible, some of you came to church with a Bible app. Um, the scriptures that we have are of the greatest value. And one of the things that is unfortunate, I don't know, if, how many of you watch the, the program, oh, now I've forgotten the name of the program, where you have these, uh, these old things that are valued. Uh, what's it called? Antique Roadshow? Yeah, so you, you have this guy who comes and looks at your old clock or looks at your old painting and puts a value. How many watch that show? Okay, some of you feel hesitant to put up your hand on that one. Um, don't, no judgment here. Uh, you, you have this show where people are bringing things, and this could have been sitting in your garage, it could have been sitting in the loft somewhere, and then this person who looks at it and understands how old it is and where it's come from suddenly gives a value that sometimes surprises the people, that they have something of the most incredible value, yet it's been stuck away in the corner of a loft, and uh, you know it's worth 20,000 pounds, or it's worth 100,000 pounds, and they're just like, wow, really? Now suddenly that thing, that they understand the value, changes everything, doesn't it? This old clock that nobody wants, everyone wants. Uh, this thing that, this old picture, this old thing that uh, maybe none of the family really like it until they understand it's worth 100,000 pounds and everyone likes it now because it's of great value. Now the Holy Scripture, the Scriptures that we have, says all Scripture is God-breathed. Now, the first thing we need to understand, when we want to look at the value of what we have with the Word of God, we need to understand its origin. Its origin speaks of its value, where it's come from. The Bible isn't just a good book, okay? Gone with the Wind might be a good book. Well, I've never read it, but um, there are lots of good books out there, but the Bible is not a good book because of where it's come from. You see, what's interesting when we look at Scripture, it says all Scripture, I want you to say all. All, all Scripture is God, what? Breathed. All Scripture is God breathed. Uh, Paul, in fact, in this moment, is referring really to the Old Testament, not to the New Testament, because he's writing a letter that we're now looking at. So he's referring to what is in the Old Testament primarily, but I don't think it would be wrong to include the New Testament in what he's saying, that all Scripture is God-breathed. Now, what does this mean? Can I just say that the Bible was written by approximately 40 different people over a period of at least 1,500 years. I mean, that's just not a good book. The fact is that when we read the Bible from cover to cover, we have one divine source in which all these different authors who had different occupations, different periods of history, different lifestyles, different kind of different gifts and personalities, all of that shines through because they are the ones writing it. And yet, we have an origin. The inspiration in which they write it is from God's heart himself. Communicated. And what happens is the product of that is when we read it from cover to cover, when we understand it, it carries one thought. That's what makes it so incredible. In fact, you know what was the number one selling, buy, selling book of all time ever in the Goodness Book of World Records is the Bible. Why? It's not because it's just a good book. It is the most incredible book. It is the heart of God in paper form. Here is God's word. His thoughts, His heart, communicated through all these different people who've gone before us. 
This is what God has inspired them to write. And so because God has inspired them to write it, there's, a, there's truth in everything that we see. He directed it. He, he inspired what they were to put down. There's different genres, different ways of looking at the world from the different authors, but again, the same origin. So despite the variety of writers and the span of years, there is one storyline, one overarching thought, and it is Jesus. When you go right from the beginning of the, New, of the Old Testament, and you go right to the end of the New Testament, you see the storyline is about Jesus, his redemptive plan for humanity. It comes right through the whole Bible. The Bible is this astounding book that if we grab hold of its value because of its origin, it will change our lives. We've been entrusted with the thoughts and plans of God. Wow! Guys, when we have the Word of God, this is the most incredible thing. You know, we live again in the world that we can just download an app. Right now, you go on your phone, go into, uh, you know, the app store, and you can just download the Bible app. Do you know people have given up their lives smuggling Bibles into other countries because of its value? I mean, have you heard of Brother Andrew? Brother Andrew was someone, a Dutchman, who uh, smuggled Bibles for years into the former Soviet Union, right? And he took his little Volkswagen, and he drove across the borders, and he smuggled Bibles, this thing of the greatest value, willing to risk his life so that other people could hear the truth of God's Word. And now we live in a time and a point in history where we have the Bible so accessible. We don't even have to buy it. We can just download it for free. Wow. But sometimes when something is free, it devalues it in our understanding. Just because it's free and accessible doesn't mean it's less of a value. It is of most incredible value. But we've been entrusted with it. You've been entrusted with it. It's one thing to say, I can't get a hold of the Bible. There are people in the parts of this world that cannot get access to Scripture. There are parts of this world that people are memorizing Scripture and just sharing little pages of Scripture with one another. They memorize it and they pass on that bit of, because it's so important. They know if they get caught with the whole Bible, you know, they'll be killed for it. But they, they, they memorize it. They, they value it so much because it's the Word of Life. Now, for you and for me, I think when we've been entrusted with much, much is required, isn't it? You see, that's the problem. It's one thing if I've only got one page of the Bible, you know, I can, you know, I, I see the value of that because, I, you know, I want to get the next one and, and I, I work to, to understand it in its fullness. But when I've been given the whole thing and yet I choose not to engage with it, there's a challenge, isn't there? You see, we have this very word of God. Now, Although the Bible has divine origin, to understand its value fully requires application. Now again, I, I could say this. I, this one I was tempted to write a check for a million pounds and give it to someone today. Um, and because of the origin, you know it would be good for cashing. Um, you know, you, it'd be okay to, to, to uh, put it into the bank. Not really. Um, but I... I once read a story of someone who had received a check, and this person had, it was a check of great value, and the person, unfortunately, was illiterate, and so didn't understand how much it was worth, and so instead of 
taking it to the bank and understanding that that was worth uh, a monetary value, decided to put it in a picture frame and put it up on their wall. And so someone came to visit this person who was living in really like a shantytown context. And, and uh, the person who was the visitor was just looking at the pictures they had on the wall and noticed this unusual picture of a check. It was a check. And this check was this for an amazing amount of money. But the problem was it was never cashed because they didn't understand the value. You see, the value of Scripture, this amazing thing, we can all agree that this is from uh, an amazing origin. It's, it's God himself speaking to humanity in, in a word form so we can understand his heart. But the problem is, unless we apply it, unless we read it, and unless we apply it to our lives, it still has no value. You see, the value of a check is only a value when you put it into the bank and you, it creates the money. It, it, it transfers the cash into our account. It is used, the Bible says in verse 16, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You see, when we read Scripture with the help of the Holy Spirit and apply what we read, four things happen, what we see in the Scripture, in this passage, is, is for teaching, for instruction, right? It's the how-tos. It's God has a plan, He has a thought process, but He has a way in which He wants you to live your life. There's a how-to of Scripture, so many believers, I think, wonder, why am I here? What's my purpose? Do you know what? If we haven't read Scripture, then I don't think it's a fair question. When a lot of it is already there. How we live, God has already put out for us. His thoughts, His way that He has for us, His teaching, His instructions, the building blocks of, of where we can build our life upon, are upon His Word. The Bible says that, doesn't it? Jesus said, look, if you build your life upon my commands, upon what I say, It'll be a solid foundation. And when the storms come, you've got something solid. But it was listening and applying the word that would give you that solid foundation. But it's for teaching. But it's also for rebuking. Or in other translations, or the original word is actually conviction. To know. One, to know sin. To be aware of when we've fallen short. But also that conviction of knowing what we know. Identifying sin in our lives, knowing when we've fallen short, this understanding that actually this is God's best for us and I'm falling short from that, so I need to alter course, I need to repent, I need to go back to His plan, His purpose. Scripture does that. You see, sometimes I think also as believers, we like to look at the passage we like to look at, but we don't. there's parts of the Scripture that challenge us because it calls us to change. How many of you have read things that mm, you don't really like in Scripture because it confronts something in you? All of us. Why? Because we've all fallen short in our old nature. And there's always things we come across to think, God is calling us higher. He's calling us to become like Him. And in calling us to become like Him, it calls us to change. But then it's also correcting, right? It's this plumb line. It's helping us build what is right and true. The Scripture helps us correct our course so that we're going the right direction. So we're, you know, if we're one or two direct, or degrees off the plan, we will eventually be really off the plan, but the Word of God keeps us in check. Training in righteousness, becoming like Jesus, His character, all of these things. The Word of God says, look, I've given you all of these instructions. I've given you this clarity. The Bible brings clarity. Correct? It brings clarity to each one of our lives. But we have a role to play in this. We have to read it or listen to it. 
And I, can I just say again, in this 21st century, can I just say, we are without excuse. If we're in England and we can freely access the Bible for free, we are without excuse to not look at it. God has given us everything right at our fit, feet. The, the whole word of God is there, accessible. Each one of us in this room, we've got the very words of life available to us. Most of us have it on our phone. We have the Bible on our phone. How incredible is that? The Bible can go with you everywhere you go. You can always have the Bible with you. Just think about it. Again, a hundred years ago, this would be unfathomable. You'd be carrying around this big book. Two hundred years ago, uh, a, a millennial, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, you would have never had this opportunity that we have now to know the Word of God. We have it. People have died for it. But we need to apply it. It's not just something that collects dust. I, I remember, you know, people using Bibles to press flowers. Uh, on the bookshelf, I don't know if you've ever done that before, but you know, using that because it was a heavy book, and so you could press flowers with it. Uh, you could use it to hold up the other books in your bookshelf because it's a thick one, and it will keep the other books straight. It's got lots of purposes on the shelf, but that's kind of missing the point. Is it's not for that? It's for us to apply it with the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When we apply God's word to our lives, we see the value. In the third point, which is the effect. It says, so that, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly. You know, God hasn't given us something that will just kind of get us by. He wants us to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible says, you know, before the world began, before we've even were thought, God has all of our days numbered and he's got a good work he's got planned in advance for us to do. When he looked at you before you were even born, he looked at your life and said, I'm going to put you on this planet, this point in history. I've got this thought, this idea for you. I've got this perfect plan for your life. It's already prepared for you. And I'm going to give you everything you need so you're perfectly equipped. You're, you've got everything so that you can fulfill my good works for you. It's all here. It's all here. I, I, I want you to be thoroughly equipped. God desires that we're prepared and ready for everything he's got for us. And so applied scripture thoroughly equips. It gives us instruction. It, it deals with our weaknesses. It helps us understand our purpose. It gives us vision and direction. And for every good work, this is God's plans and purposes. You know, we talked about those who have fallen before us, those who died in the world wars that we faced. You know what? They went into battle equipped, didn't they? You, didn't, you don't send a soldier into to combat with no training, with no armory, with no, uh, with no equipment, no protection, and just send them out hoping that they will conquer the enemy. What do you do with a soldier? You, you prepare them. They go to boot camp. They learn how to handle a rifle. They, they learn how to handle equipment. They, they, they receive the whole kit. They receive protection. They, they receive instruction. All of that is to prepare them for success. You see, I think, again, we can give our lives to Jesus, but never ground ourselves. And so soon as we hit, when the day of evil comes, man, we are, we are annihilated because we're not prepared for that moment. The Word of God prepares us. It helps us, helps us take ground. It helps us go forward in the things of God. But it requires something of us. It requires us to engage with it. 
We're not missing out because we don't know how or we don't uh, have the understanding of what to do. You see, again, can I just encourage us as a church? We are without excuse. We have every instruction available to us. This scripture, this word of God has been entrusted to you. Wow. God has given it to you. And you know what I find most astounding? Can I just say this? I, and I want to say, if you listen to anything, listen to this. The same spirit over a period of 1,500 years with at least 40 different people inspiring them to write, the same spirit is in us who believe to guide us into all truth. So we have the same spirit. I, I want us to think through this because it is mind-blowing when you really think through it. The same spirit who inspired and breathed this is the same spirit that lives in me. So when I look at it, what was intended comes alive. He's like the big decoder, this amazing spirit that now brings to life what is on the page and now it becomes revelation. It isn't a lifeless thing, a lifeless word, but it's life-giving through the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, we have both. We have the Word of God and we have the Holy Spirit to help us understand what is written. Because when we read what is written, sometimes it's hard to understand it. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I read and think, God, I don't understand what I'm reading. But I have the decoder of the Spirit. God, teach me what it is I need to learn out of this. What is it you're saying? And the Holy Spirit leads me into all truth. That's why we've been given the Holy Spirit. And so there's this great combination we have. It isn't just a chore reading the Bible, but we can, it can come alive through the work of the Spirit because the author is with me. I don't know if you've ever gone to a, a, a reading of a book by the author. Has anyone ever done that? Gone to a, a story reading or where an author reads their own story or their own book, and there's something comes alive when the author reads their own story. We took the kids to some of the authors that they liked over the years, and there's something quite magical, I think, when you, you're sitting there listening to the person who wrote that story that we read a million times at bedtime, read the same story because they were the author. That's what it's like reading with the Holy Spirit. The author is with us in the room. Say, so, yeah, actually, I, I kind of meant this. When you're reading that, that's what I intended when I inspired Moses to write that or when I inspired Peter to say that. that that's what I was saying. Oh, wow. I mean, there's some books that make no sense, but the Bible makes a lot of sense because of the author in the room with us. Scripture has been entrusted to us. Now, you have received from God something of great value. And again, if you remember a second thing from this morning, I want you to remember this. You have received something of the greatest value in Scripture. We have something of great value. Now, the question this morning is quite a simple question. What are you doing with it? What are we doing with it? Some of you are in IBTI and YWAM, and you're, you're hopefully learning a bit more of Scripture, but for everyone else who doesn't have that applied, like you have to read your Bible, we have a choice. And that choice actually also comes with a responsibility. What are we doing with it? 
It has the potential to change your life, but not only change your life, change your world if you just get into it. The challenge this morning, I know there's some in this room that are very faithful people who dig into the Word of God, and I just commend you to keep going. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir to some of you, but I know some in this room, this is not easy. Can I just say, I'm not saying what I, the message to this morning isn't necessarily easy, but it does take discipline. And discipline will give a reward. An athlete trains to run a race or whatever the sport is, and it takes a discipline to train, but the training always gives a reward when they run the race and they finish and they, they fulfill the big picture. I think I just saw it. Not in the physical, but when I but you know the spiritual thing. For you and for me. We have this opportunity, and I say that as an opportunity. And so the challenge for you this morning, if you're not someone who regularly reads Scripture or listens to Scripture, again, with Bible app, you can download you know, the audio, you can listen to it. Can I encourage you this week to make a start? Make a start. I'd encourage you maybe start in like, uh, the, the gospel, start in the New Testament. Maybe don't start in Leviticus or Numbers. That might just bog you down a little bit. But start where you can kind of get into it, where you can, uh, you, you can let it, it grow in you. I mean, if you really love story reading, start in the book of Acts. Acts is an amazing story of the early church, and it will build faith. Just start. Just start. Make a commitment every day, whether it's in the morning or in the evening or whatever point you're alert don't listen to the scripture as you're falling to sleep. But create a, have a moment in your day where you, you know you're going to have time. And even for those of you who are working, do you know what? I, when I was commuting to London, I was always doing my Bible reading on the, on the train, listening to it. Uh, you know, I was in the little corner with 5,000 other people on the train. And uh, I was listening and reading the scripture along while I commuted up to London. You know what? There's no excuse if you are driving, you know, you can put it on Bluetooth. You can listen to it in the car. You just let it permeate. You might not follow every word because you do need to keep your eyes on the road. Don't get lost in the spirit. You know, you do need to be, be here. But it'll, it will at least give you a moment to get into it, to listen to it, to just let the Holy Spirit speak to you through it. Can we make that challenge? I mean, today is not an altar call uh, message. It's a message of challenge because this will change you this will change you it's not a goosebump thing it's undergirding thing it's a foundation thing and so i want to encourage you this week everyone everyone in this room begin reading your bible even if it's just one chapter or half a chapter a day make it a commitment i will do this every day i'm going to make a commitment to do it don't wait for new year's Resolution, make it a November 14th resolution. I am going to start reading my Bible. Can we do that? Okay, only two people said it. Can we do it? Yeah. Can we do that? Yes. yes. I, I, I want to say it one more time. Just, you know, pump you up. Uh, can we read our Bibles? Yes. 
Yes, of course we can. All right, let's stand. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.